0: All right, we're gonna go ahead and get rolling. Well, thanks for coming to the uh, stressed out breakout. I'm uh, excited to uh, decide to dive into the Bible and look at what God has to say about uh, stress and anxiety. My name is Blake, and this is my wife.
1: I'm Millie Swatter.
0: Yeah, and so she got the last name right. We just got married three months ago, and so. Um, so we're, uh, we're excited to, to be here and to share with you all a little bit about uh, stress and anxiety and honestly I know for a lot of you all uh, 2020 has been really stressful uh, and there's been a, probably a lot of anxiety that's going on uh, in this year uh, but I guarantee you uh, I, I will put our 2020 up against anybody's 2020 uh, as for uh, the most stressful and uh, anxious 2020 and so uh, I'm going to take you through just some of the highlights of our la- our last year. Um, Hopefully y'all get to know us a little bit uh, in the process, but, um, and I'm gonna ask you as we're going like, yo, if this happened to you, would it stress you out? Uh, And I guarantee y'all's y'all, blood pressure is gonna go up just a little bit, just watching some of this stuff. So anyways, uh, so last year, uh, it started off with me uh, meeting Millie uh, at a conference. And so I met her and we literally had a 15, uh, like maybe five minute conversation, you know? And uh, so I didn't know her super well leaving the conversation, but I was impressed and uh and after thinking about it for a while talking to some people i decided to ask uh, millie on a date and the only thing is she lives in virginia and i live in manhattan kansas and so i couldn't actually physically go up to her and ask her on a date and she didn't really know me too well so i had to i had to call her out of the blue literally just get her phone number from one of her friends and call her and be like hey my name is blake you might not know me too well, but I'd love to fly to Virginia uh, and take you on a date. And so, y'all, literally, my blood pressure was through the roof. I'm, like, stressed out. I stopped my car in Oklahoma. I was driving from my Manhattan to Houston. I stopped my car in Oklahoma, got out, and, like, was walking around pacing, like, Ooh, okay, here we go. <laughs> and getting myself ready to ask her out. And at first she said no, but then she said yes. So uh, this is crisis and the So I was a little stressed in that, that time right there. But this is, a, this is a picture of us on our third date, and so uh, luckily it worked out. We went on a few few dates, and uh, and uh, yeah, from there I asked her to be my girlfriend, which was another time of stress and anxiety. I was like, hey, like you know, would you you know like to like to be my girlfriend? You know, you ask that question like literally your throat is like clawed up. You know, she's a super valid girl, and like nervous, and I'll, I'll get out. Uh, but she said yes, uh, and we ended up uh, continuing to go on dates. And so. Um, but uh, y'all, you know, I was stressed out and anxious throughout the whole process.
1: <laughs> and even with that, I, so I lived in Virginia, Blake lived in Manhattan, 17 hours away. But when we drove it, to, when I moved to Manhattan, it was actually 25 hours, so it's a little more than 17. Oh, wow. But yeah, you guys can imagine how anxious and stressed out I'm feeling when we began day, but I also think, man, if things continue to move forward, then one of us is gonna have to move, right? What about my family? What about my friends? What about the ministry that I was working with? What about the students that I was leading? What, what do I do? Like, I didn't know anybody in Manhattan. Blake was the only person I, I really knew, but well, all the things I was feeling, the stress, the anxiety. I remember I would fly to Manhattan, and you guys I kept a journal throughout this time, and I'd be journaling, like, Lord, what in the world, like, I don't know what to do. Like, is this what I'm really supposed to do? Like, all these different questions, they were just running through my head constantly. Awesome. And I know
0: none of the ladies in the room would be stressed out at all, right? <laughs> yeah, but we were stressed, you know, during that time. And we were, you know, dating long distance. So this is a picture of us out in Virginia. And so I went out to Virginia, uh, and we were going on dates in between Houston, Virginia, and Manhattan. And, uh, you know, things are, are progressing, you know, to the point where, uh, man, we're starting to think about uh, what it looked look like for us <laughs> to— Yeah, sorry, flip the head. Uh, <laughs> for for us to move forward uh, and consider marriage, but but literally I went on a date uh, in Virginia and I was on my way back. And on the way back from Virginia, uh, I, I fell oh, wait,
1: asleep. Let me tell this part of the story. Really? Go <laughs> So, this is where the stress and anxiety just continues to rise. So, right before this, Blake actually missed his flight to Virginia and he eventually made it, but he still missed his flight because he, he overslept in the airport. You guys don't that. <laughs> but Blake goes home. He usually calls and tells me, hey, I made it home he'll take me, hey, I made it back. But I didn't get a text. It was like two o'clock in the evening. And I'm like, what in the world? But I get a FaceTime and this is what I see? Blake was in the hospital. He wasn't eating the sandwich when I got the FaceTime. But what- No sandwich. Can you guys imagine the stress and it, like all the things that are going through my head. I eventually like, about three or seconds, three or so seconds been on the phone, I actually hung up because I'm screaming in my car. Uh-huh. Cause I didn't know what was going on, but, and I like, I sit up here and I can say it jokingly, but I was like, what in the world do I do? Like, I can't be there, I'm 17 hours away. I don't even know what happened. But all I know is he came to visit me. So am I like the reason why he wrecked his car?
0: And She's responsible. <laughs> yeah, so uh, everything was fine. I ended up just having a cut across my neck uh, from the seatbelt, which is fine. Uh, I was in the hospital for like a couple of days, which is too long. Honestly, I could have been out in a couple of hours. Uh, but they ended up actually life flighting me from Manhattan, Kansas uh, to Topeka, which is only an hour away. And so, uh, but I walked out, you know, within a couple of days. But y'all, you will never guess, like literally the next, uh, within the next like couple weeks, I got a hospital bill uh, from the helicopter company. And guess how much that hospital bill was, just for an hour flight. Oh, it was $45,000. Oh, no, we
1: don't have $45,000. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we were dating at the time, so it wasn't your money. Okay, so I was like, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he out right, yeah. And so y'all, I'm like, literally,
0: I'm stressed out. I'm so anxious. I'm like, man, I, I really like this girl, man. I'm, I want to, I want to marry this girl, and like, I'm not gonna be able to afford a wedding or a ring or nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm freaking out. Uh, but luckily, uh, things worked out, and you know, we got that. We worked through all that. But I, y'all, I was stressed out as I get out. And uh, but luckily, after that, we decided. I decided to ask her to be my wife, and so I got down on me. Uh, asked her to marry me. I literally flew out to Virginia, and that was another time where I was stressed out. Because literally, I, she has no idea. She thinks I, like, left and flew home to Virginia, or flew home to Houston. But I actually stayed in Virginia, rented a car, and, like, swooped back around to surprise her. And I surprised her in the same park where I asked her to be my girlfriend. And uh, got down on me and asked her to marry me. And y'all, literally, my, my like, stomach was in my throat. Like, I'm like, what are you... I mean, it, it, it means it's just it's terrifying. I mean, you're like, hey, what are you going to say? You're stressed out during that moment. Uh, but luckily, uh, she said yes, and we started to move forward uh, towards uh, the wedding. But during that same time, we got engaged on March 14th, and literally March 15th, the whole world shut down due to coronavirus. Literally, everything was closed. <laughs> so,
1: Yeah, you guys are now, but I mean, all of you guys are stressed because you're on spring break. A week got, your screen spring break got extended a week, and you're like, oh, maybe we'll go back to campus. But you never went back. And, but getting engaged the day before, and then after that, like, you guys, we didn't see each other until three months later. So we got engaged, and I didn't see for like three months. You guys know how stressful and I felt during that time. Like, we're trying to plan a wedding. We had, like, FaceTime dates. Like, once a week, we had, like, FaceTime dates. <laughs> they, were, they were amazing and fun, but they still felt stressful, and, like, I felt so anxious. Cause I'm like, man Lord, we just got engaged. Like, is this, like, will we get to have a wedding? Will we get to get married? I would ask Blake so many times, like I would cry, like, are we even supposed to get married? Like, are we gonna have a wedding? Like, what in the world is that doing?
0: Yeah, and she's freaking out. And y'all, honestly, I'm at the point where I'm like, man, forget 2020, let's just send it. So I'm like, let's just send it Like, August, let's plan the day and let's just go for it. And, uh, and we start planning, we start working uh, towards August and we're just gonna say, hey, regardless of what happens, we're just gonna have a wedding. Uh, August 15th and it comes to August 13th we have everything planned out we're going to do an outdoor wedding you know we're going to have uh, You know everybody's socially distanced everybody's going to be wearing masks you know we planned all this stuff out we bought Everything that we needed uh, to make it happen and literally two days before the wedding we're sitting in her parents living room And we're watching the news you know just to see what the weather was going to be like that weekend you know we're kind of worried We're like hey we might have heard some things and literally this guy hops on the screen. That
1: street, is George <laughs> he's the meteorologist Well, my parents are like, he's, I watch the news pretty regularly with my parents, and he's the guy that always comes along. But this particular, this particular lady, he was, on the news, he was on the news and he said, If you're having anything this weekend outside, you should cancel it. He was like, And if you're having a wedding outside, yeah, go ahead and cancel it, postpone it, whatever you got to do, because it's not happening. And <laughs> what do you guys think I do? I cried (laughs) immediately as he got off off the TV. And I'm like, we've done all this to keep people safe. What in the world? She still to this day hates George Floyd. Yeah. (laughs) You guys, it felt like I was gaining control. Oh, we're going to have a wedding, like I'm planning it. But it it felt like I was watching the control really drip from my hands because I didn't have control. It was, I felt the tension. I felt the anxiety in my soul and my heart and I didn't have control and I, and I, and I didn't know what
0: to do. Honestly. So literally the next day, we hear, we hear that the next day we're like inside the venue, like moving chairs, trying to move the wedding inside, like literally the husband, I mean the bride and groom are like moving chairs, trying to figure out how we can like socially distance inside of the venue and get the most people inside. And so uh, y'all, we were stressed out, but luckily it all worked out uh, and we ended up uh, having a wonderful marriage and, uh, and it was beautiful, we enjoyed it a lot and uh and uh all of our friends were there it was a good time we wore masks we were socially distanced and everything but y'all the whole process from us getting to know each other to uh, us getting married all honestly was so so stressful um and so i would put it up against anybody's uh 2020. you know i think we probably take the cake you know what I'm saying as far as uh, stressful 2020s uh but i love for hear, for y'all to hear from each other so discuss amongst yourselves uh what was the most stressful part of 2020 for you and so it could be just, man, the pandemic in general was stressful, man, I had to travel, man, I, I had to deal with, you know, it could be anything, you know, just here, what was the most stressful part of 2020 for you? And I'll bring us back here in a couple minutes. You. So you guys, you we know love that stress and anxiety isn't just something that
1: Blake, and I that Blake and I have experienced, but I can promise and guarantee that all of you guys at some point in your life, probably definitely in 2020, experienced a lot of stress and anxiety. And even in 2019, these were the statistics for college students in 2019. 57.5% of college students felt things were hopeless. 67.4, 67.4% felt lonely. These aren't people that just live by themselves. But these are people that are in classes or in the cafeteria that see people all the time and they feel lonely. 88% felt overwhelmed by all they had to do. 24% were diagnosed or treated by a professional for anxiety. This was the college campus in 2019. Just imagine what coronavirus did, and how these things, these numbers have probably increased a lot more.
0: Yeah, those are those numbers are alarming. You know, even just thinking uh, on a normal year. But even if you look at what happened in 2020 with coronavirus, they've already had some studies that have gone out and asked some and asked some uh, survey questions. Here's what, how, here's how they came back. So this is some of the questions they asked. They said 36 percent. Of people who are asked say coronavirus has had a serious impact on their mental health. Y'all think about that. 36% of people say coronavirus had a serious impact uh, on their mental health. 59% feel coronavirus is having a serious impact on their day-to-day lives. Most adults are concerned that the coronavirus will have a serious negative impact on their finances. 57% are worried about running out of food, medicine, and or supplies. 68% feel the coronavirus will have a long-lasting impact on the economy, y'all, it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, And thinking about, you know, what's going on from a stress and anxiety standpoint, um, and even during 2020 uh, with the coronavirus going on. You know, And we think about uh, stress and anxiety all the time. And, you know, even as we talk about stress and anxiety, I think we don't take time to even define it, you know, even define what we're talking about uh, when we say uh, stress and anxiety. Um, and so before we even dive into what the Bible has to say about it or the reasons for it, we're just gonna spend some time defining it. And so the first part that we're gonna define is just stress. And so what is stress? So stress is a feeling of emotional or physical tension. Stress is a feeling of physical or emotional tension. And so how many of y'all have had the feeling or have said to yourselves, I feel like I'm being pulled in a million directions? Raise your hand. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that would be the definition of stress. Like, man, this is happening. But I also feel this happening at the same time. So like man, I know I need to study for my tests, but I want to play video games. <laughs> you know? Man, I I know uh, man I have workouts in the morning, but I really want to hang out and and hang out with my friends, you know, the night before. Like, man, stress man, is it the pulling or the tension of two things uh, in our life. And anxiety is defined
1: by a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. In other words, it's that feeling we get when we, we feel like we've lost control and have no idea how things will turn out. So it's it's when we get that feeling of, of worry, of like, how is this going to, what's going to happen? What, what do I do? How do I deal with this? I, I don't feel like I have control. And I know I'm not the only person who's wrestling and wondering with what do I do and how do I deal with the things that weigh heavy on my heart. What do I do with the things that keep me up at night? What do I do with the things I don't feel like I have the answer to? And I think that, that, is, a, that is a lot more, that is what a lot of us
0: feel and maybe even all of us. Yeah, absolutely. So even as we define you know, stress and anxiety uh, and look at you know, the definitions, one thing we wanted to say before we move forward is that just a big disclaimer, is there's a, there's a medical reality you know, that is a, uh, an actual condition called anxiety. And so it's it actually affects your brain and literally affects like the amount of chemicals that your brain releases. And so we are not talking about that during this workshop. Okay, uh, man, obviously, man, I have a, huge, a lot of compassion for people who really struggle uh, with this type of anxiety condition. And I would say, hey, you know, we're gonna talk about some truths during this breakout that are gonna help out with that probably to some degree. But really I would say and point you towards somebody who's a medical professional, a counselor, you know, we can walk you through uh, some of those things. There's really a help for people who have those types of conditions. And I don't want you to think we're saying, hey, what we're sharing during this time is like the ultimate solution to that, if that makes sense. So go see a medical professional and stuff like that. And if that's you, um, man, my, my heart goes out to you. I and mean, hopefully some of the things we talk about can encourage, encourage your heart. And so, um, but even as we think about uh, stress and anxiety uh, in general, just the, the regular stress and anxiety that every single person uh, feels, uh, I think some of the realities of college really amplify that, you know, we're kind of on a new, in a a new environment we're away from our parents you know we're kind of experiencing some things for the first time so here's a list of just some things that we feel you know and that stress us out as college students and so uh just our grades you know naturally you want to make good grades you know you want to pass your classes and stuff like that so that stresses you out Um, and your phone honestly that's something that that builds stress and grows stress in your life because literally it's pinging all the time you get this new notification every two seconds every time i'm in a group text i get mad that thing just keeps on pinging. Uh, Relationships—that's uh, another thing. You know, you're thinking about relationships with the, the opposite sex and stuff like that. Um, and you want to—you uh, know—you're thinking about, hey, what's it going to look like for me to find my significant other? Uh, Finances—that uh, can be a thing that stresses us out. Stresses us out. A lot of us are on college, on the college campus, on a budget. You know, we're not trying to take out—you know—a ton of student loans and stuff like that. We're trying to—you know—make it, make it through. You know, without spending a ton of money. You know, our social life. You know, we want to have a good social life. You know, whether in our Fraternity sorority on our sports teams, you know, uh, men in our communities. You know, we just want to uh, thrive in our social life. and so those things that could stress us out. But here's some more.
1: And also, you guys, these, the things that are listed here, there'll be five more reasons that are on the sheet. You can definitely please write these down, but there'll be five more that goes into those things. Right there. Sorry. But one of the, some of the other things that can stress us out is even social media. Like having to keep up with this identity on social media. Um, do I have enough likes? Do people like me? What about this picture I posted? Do I keep it? Do I take it down? What do I do? I know that causes stress and anxiety in our life and even our reputation. Will people like me? What do they think about me? Am I, am I cool? Do people think I'm funny? What do people say about me when they're not with me? Am I the ringleader of my group? Do people want to follow me? Or maybe it's your future. Who will I marry? What job will I work? Where will I live? How much money will I make? Those things, I know they've caused stress and anxiety in my life, so I can only imagine what it's done for all of us. Or maybe it's your schedule. Maybe you over plan or maybe you don't plan. But the idea of having to, having a schedule but the schedule doesn't seem like it works out the way you want it to, how much stress does that cost? Or maybe it's a pressure to perform. You have your parents telling you to do this. You have your teacher telling you to do this. You have your friends telling you to do this. You have society and social media telling you this. Or maybe an athlete a coach telling you hey perform like this or do this you can like you can always get better do this do this but that causes so much stress and anxiety when you're always having to do more and there's never enough
0: yeah so you looking at this list you know some of the things Millie mentioned you can see I mean, you could just be just a lot of tension right you know a lot of stress you know you feel like you're being pulled in a thousand directions you know a lot of anxiety you don't know what's going to happen you're kind of losing control and so uh, so even as we look at this list, you know, these are some of the things that are on the surface and that are external and that we're experiencing in college that are probably pull on us and that make us feel stress and anxiety. But what I want to do is take a second and look kind of under the hood, you know, as to some of the things that are deeper realities that are causing us to feel uh, stress and anxiety. And hopefully, you know, even as we look under the hood and as we look at some of what the Bible has to say about why we experience stress and anxiety. I mean, it will begin to give us a framework to work from so that we can learn how to deal with it if that makes sense and so and so here's why we experience stress and anxiety uh, and we're going to give five reasons so the first one is, is this is that the world is fallen.
1: yeah the world is fallen, and, and when we say the world is fallen, we mean the world is sinful the world has been tainted by sin and we see that in Romans 5:12 where it says therefore justice sent into the world through one man and death through sin and in this way death came to all people because of all sin. And you guys, it's not just that Adam and Eve sinned and it doesn't affect us, but it, when they sinned, it, it also affected us and how we relate to God, and how we relate to one another. And not only was our vertical relationship disrupted, but our horizontal relationship with other people and how we deal with stress and anxiety was disrupted as well. Adam and Eve lived a perfect, worry-free life in the garden before they sinned. When, and Blake will flesh it out in the next point, but the moment they sinned, Worry and stress entered into the world. And if it entered into the world for them, it only just trickled down more and more for us. And we're dealing with stress and anxiety still more. You might say, well Millie, I wasn't in the garden, but they were our first mother and father and we're in their lineage, so their sin affected us. And the stress and anxiety that they felt is still the same. Stress and anxiety just played out differently. Absolutely.
0: And so the second reason why we experience anxiety is just because of our own sin. Our own sin so even as you look in the garden as at what Billy was talking about uh, you can see how Adam and Eve's own sin uh, resulted in stress and anxiety and so even though we're not Adam and Eve y'all in the same way when we have our own sin and we commit sin in our own life it does cause stress and anxiety and I think you'll see that right here so right here at, in Genesis chapter 3 Adam and Eve just sinned and literally their eyes were opened and they tried to cover themselves with, like, fig leaves because they were, like, scared. You know, they realized that they were naked. And so, uh, but, on, but at, at the start of this verse, this is where God steps back on the scene. And he's like, what happened? So check out what they do when God steps on the scene. It says, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God uh-oh, as he was walking in the garden on the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered. I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So that's the first picture we get of stress and anxiety entering the world. Literally, Adam and Eve hear God coming, and they're like, "Uh oh, we gotta hide." Like, what are we gonna do? Like, and you can tell, like, he talks to Adam, and he, and Adam is referring referring in the first person. So literally, that means Eve left him. So like, literally, they like scattered. They're like running all over the garden, like, "Oh snap, let's hide. We gotta get out of here," and uh, they're experiencing stress and anxiety. Imagine the things that are running through their mind. Man, what's God going to do? Is he going to kill us? You know, man, is this, you know, what's going to happen in the future? How's this going to affect you know, our time in the garden for the first time they're experiencing stress and anxiety because of their own sin? Y'all, in a similar way, uh, one of the reasons why we experience stress and anxiety in our own lives is because of our own sin. You know, in a sense, when we sin, some of the consequences we experience because of our sin lead us to hide from God. We experience stress and anxiety because of our own bad choices or our own bad decisions in life. So that's one of the deeper reasons why we experience stress and anxiety. We're just like Adam and Eve, except a long time later. So.
1: The next reason is a misplaced identity. So when our identity is rooted and grounded in something else. When our identity is rooted and grounded in something else other than God, so when it's rooted in our finances, our success, our failures, our performance, and the thing about those things is they aren't bad things. Like making good grades and finances aren't, aren't bad things. But when our identity is rooted in them, they're always a moving target. So you can never, your grades are never good enough. You never have enough money. You never, your, your reputation will sometimes be good and maybe sometimes bad. But those things are always a moving target. But the thing about our identity when it's rooted in Christ is that our identity in Christ is always the same, is that we're in Christ, Christ is down the cross for our sins, and, and that doesn't change because Christ doesn't change. And we see it in Scripture in, in John 12:43, where it said, it says, for they love human praise more than praise from God." So they love that the man was telling them, "Good job, good job," and they love that more than than them hearing, "Well done, that good, good and faithful servant for God." Like how much, how often times is that? Oh, I'd rather go hang out with my friends than actually spend time reading the Bible. Like, how much how much do we see that in our own lives and our identities? It's constantly on how much do people like us rather than how much am I loved by God.
0: Absolutely. And then the fourth one is just our culture and generation. Our culture and generation. So this one is kind of a sneaky one. Um, and honestly, it has a lot to do with uh, understanding the times. So, And so there's been obviously a lot of generations who have come, you know, through America and stuff like that. But I think one of the things we have to understand if we're going to understand stress and anxiety is we have to understand our generation uh, and what's unique about it. And uh, in order to do that, we have to understand the times. First Chronicles 1232 says that uh, men from Issachar understood the time and knew what Israel should do. And as a result, these men actually uh, uh, won the battle for Israel. Uh, because they understood the times and they knew what Israel should do uh, at that point in time. And so so understanding our times, you know, honestly, we had the greatest generation that lived, you know, two generations before us, you know, who fought World War II. You know, they were storming the beaches of Normandy. You know, the women were in factories, like, making war machines and stuff like that. Like, man, honestly, they were just just tough, you know, in a lot of different ways. And uh, so stress and anxiety for them, uh, like some of the things we experience now, they would be they would laugh at, you know, they'd be like, man, that is not stress and anxiety. That is not a big deal at all. Uh, but man, as the generations went on, you know, you got the baby boomers and stuff like that. And as the generations move, you know, uh, one of the things about our generation is we haven't really had to experience that much hardship. You know, but honestly, the coronavirus is probably one of the hardest things you know that we've had to experience. And so because of that, you know, if we're not careful, we can we can. Lose sight or lose a uh, perspective on the things that we're actually going through and it can seem a lot more heavy and weighty Than it actually is and when we really don't need to be stressed and that's that stress and anxious about what's going on Honestly, you know, I mean, I'm speaking to myself too. I in y'all's generation like man We're just one of the softest generations, you know, that'll come through America and that's okay You know, there's nothing I'm not, you know condemning our generation But man, I think if we understand that it can begin to give us a framework to work from on how to deal uh, with stress and anxiety
1: Yeah, and the next reason is the desire for control, because we we want to know, we want to know the future, because we feel like if we know the future, if we know how tomorrow's going to play out, then I I can feel better about tomorrow. I can at least know there's something back to prepare for. But that doesn't allow us to trust God, and I think the desire for control really does cause stress and anxiety in our life. And we have to ask ourselves, do I really trust God to be God? We must be content to live with the mystery and to be okay with their things that God knows that I don't know. And I have to be okay knowing that if he's God and he's in control, then, he, then I don't have to be in control. And I even see it in my own life of wanting to be in control, wanting to know, and it causes stress and anxiety in, in my life. And even even me being a woman, I'm, I can see even in leadership, oh man, wait, like, let me do this or this, or, or not. Yeah, just wanting control um, and not submitting and things like that. and. And even we see Eve, um, the, the fight for control in the garden, but I'm like, man, what does it look like if I was to release control and give it to God? What would it look like if I was to submit fully all my plans to him and allow him to be the one to in control?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And God has been struggling with that too, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but hey, one of the verses that stands out with that is this. It's like, man, if we're gonna learn to lose or to, um, to understand this dynamic of control in our life, Uh, Jesus speaks to it directly right here. He says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, but anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Literally, Jesus is not saying to hate your life, uh, but he's saying, hey, you're going to have to love me so much that it looks as though you hate your life because you're prioritizing what I have for you so much above what you have for yourself, if that makes sense. So he's saying, hey, you're going to have to give control and up to me. And if you really do, you're going to find True life. And so, what I'm going to do is just give us uh, some time to discuss these. And so, hopefully, these uh, eliminate why we experience stress and anxiety. And so, discuss uh, just as much the people around you in your pods. Which one of these five reasons resonates with you the most? So, the world is fallen, our own sin, misplaced identity, our culture, generation, desire, control, and I'll bring us back here in a minute. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, y'all had some some good discussion. And I know there's a few that stick out to me as well. Some of them resonate with me. Uh, but, you know, even as, even with this, in, within this last year, you know, as I've wrestled with, you know, stress and anxiety you know, in my life, you know, one of the things that I've come to realize, you know, even as you look at scripture uh, and see what God has to say about stress and anxiety, is that the opposite of anxiety is peace. The opposite of anxiety is peace. And if I really want freedom from anxiety... I'm going to have to pursue peace. And peace really is found in Christ. Peace is found in the person of Christ. Man, if I will come to him and give my life to him, then he will really give me peace. John Piper puts it really well. He says, the godly opposite of anxiety is peace and contentment rooted in trust in God's promises. The opposite of anxiety is peace and it's rooted in a person. It's rooted in God and his promises. You know, if you think about that God, you know, the God of the universe and his character, man, is absolutely perfect. And because his character is absolutely perfect, he can't have anything to do with sin. And man, he separated. He because of our sin, man, our sin has separated us from God and God in his love and in his mercy and his grace. He didn't have to. He sent his son into this world to live 33 years and to die on a cross before our sins. And and Jesus came into this world meant to redeem us back to God, to give us eternal life, but also meant to give us a true and lasting peace. You know, not a fake peace, uh, not a temporary peace, but a real and lasting peace. And while Jesus was here on this earth, this is what he said about the things that we get stressed and anxious about. He spoke directly to it. He said, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Pagans are just people who don't know Christ pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And so Jesus says, hey, and come to me. Give your life to me. Seek me first, and all these things will be given to you as well. I will offer you true peace, because you can trust me and who I am and my character. And then he also says this. He says, and peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. And I love this verse because it says, hey, I don't give peace like the world gives. See, the world is going to give you like a temporary peace, but I give you an eternal peace. You know, I give you a peace that lasts for all of eternity. You know, and I would say for, for anybody in this room, and if you, if you haven't given your life to Christ, all you're going to experience is a temporary peace in this world. You know, you might experience peace for a little bit, but you will never experience a peace uh, that surpasses all understanding and eternal peace that God is really offering. Jesus says, hey, That peace is only going to come from me. My peace, I give you. And so that's something that we all have to wrestle with. You know, as we think about stress and anxiety, you know, I think it really begins here. It begins at the cross. It begins with us understanding that Jesus came into this world and endured the ultimate stress and anxiety. Literally, he came and spent spent the night in the garden, literally sweating blood uh, and crying out to God and saying, hey, I I don't want to go through this. This is stressful. (laughs) This is hard. But he went through it. So that we could have a true and lasting peace, so that we could take our stress and anxiety to him and we could have new life and be free from being in bondage to stress and anxiety. The only way we're going to experience freedom from stress and anxiety is if we go to run to the cross, the one who went through stress and anxiety for us on our behalf so that we could have freedom in him. But I think a lot of people see this and a lot of people understand that Jesus is really offering us peace. Uh, but they don't know why. They're like, man, I understand, like, hey, Jesus is offering this peace. You know, and I know that man, if, if, if I follow him, yeah, things are supposed to be peaceful. But they don't know why. So we're going to spend some time just un- unpacking why I believe we really should be people who seek peace uh, at the cross. That we really should be running to Jesus to seek peace. And the first reason is just this. Is that stress and anxiety really do lead to destructive behavior. Stress and anxiety... If we refuse to take it to Christ, it really does lead to destructive behavior. And so we see it right here in uh, James 1, verse 8. It says, such a, person, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. It's a double-minded, and that's just another word for saying somebody that's stressed out and anxious and refuses to take their anxiety to God. Man, they're unstable in all they do. There, there's a lack of firmness or confidence you know, in the way they move. Uh, you can see it uh, in the Old Testament, even as God is talking to Israel. The Israelites refuse to, to come to God and refuse to give their lives to him, refuse to have a relationship with him. So this is what he says to them. He kind of lets them know this is going to be the consequences of that. He says, Then the Lord will scatter you among all nations from one end of the earth to the other. There you will worship other gods, gods of wood and stone, which neither you or your ancestors have known. Among these nations you will find no repose. No resting place for the sole of your foot. There, the Lord God will give you an anxious mind, eyes weary with longing, and a despairing heart. You will live in constant suspense, filled with dread, both day and both both night and day, never sure of your life. You know, honestly, for for people who and don't have a relationship with Christ, this is just this is something that I see. is just true again and again. It's like, man, they may have peace for a second. But, man, some of these things are just so true. They have an anxious mind, eyes weary with longing, and a despairing heart. They're in constant suspense, uh, filled with dread. And the only way we're going to experience true peace is if we give our lives to Christ and trust him. I love Jerry Bridges and how he unpacks it. He says, as I've struggled with anxiety in life, I've come to the conclusion that my anxiety is triggered not so much by a distrust in God as by an unwillingness to submit to and cheerfully accept his agenda for me. You see, just like the Israelites, man, we can moment by moment, day by day, not want to accept God's agenda for us. And because of that, it leads to destructive behavior. Ultimately, man, we live in a state of anxiety, constant suspense that leads to destructive behavior. And so I'm going to show us how. So this is a guy named Dr. Ted Roberts. And so Dr. Ted Roberts is a clinical psychologist. He's a Christian. And he actually studies a lot of brain science and how uh, addiction works. And he also studies how stress and anxiety affect us. And so he literally has taken time and studied patient after patient after patient and done the brain science behind uh, why people uh, get, get uh, stuck in addiction. And so this is actually a scale that he came up with that just shows you, in a sense, how we move from one level of anxiety down the rung to deeper and deeper levels of anxiety and stress. And so check it out. So this is called the faster Scale. And so look at that scale and look at some of the the characteristics that are on that scale. So literally, you know, on the left side is like, man, you're a little bit stressed. uh, And on the right side is like you're relapsing into some kind of destructive behavior. And so just take some time and like read through that list. If you want to take a picture, you can. But man, this is the list that just shows you, man, what's going on emotionally. Man, as we give in to stress and anxiety on a deeper and deeper level. You know, So on the left, you might be forgetting priorities, you might be at that spot, and then anxiety, and then man, you move to, uh, sorry, speeding up, and then you move to ticked off, and then you move to exhausted, and then man, it ends up being a relapse, and we can relapse into a bunch of different things. But I think that's just a good picture. You, know, you can look at some of those things in there, they're not like, it's not like they're like massive things, it's not like they're like, oh, like you're punching somebody or anything like that. But man, they're just pictures of what happens man, if we refuse to take our stress and anxiety to Christ, man, at the end of the day it's going to slide further and further down and lead to, man, some type of destructive behavior, and so some of the relapses uh, that, that, that we see man, even from the faster scale, man, some of them are like severe, right, you know, but some of them man, are some of the things that y'all might experience, you might be relapsing and not even know it um, and so some of these things are like, man, overeating you know, man, alcohol or drugs, man, is an obvious one man, another one could just be unhealthy relationships you know, it's like, man, because you're experiencing stress and anxiety and emotionally, man, you're moving further and further down the faster scale, man, you're, 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 you're prone to go back to unhealthy relationships that you have no business in. Man, overspending, uh, that's a big one. Man, pornography, man, media binges, man, anger, rage, gossip, slander, man, you can just see down the list, man, man, when we move down the faster scale and if we refuse, man, to take our stress and anxiety to God and to surrender our life to Him and then take our stress and anxiety to Him moment by moment, really, man, our stress and anxiety does lead to destructive behavior. It's kind of like a slide. You know, you can like, man, without Christ, you know, man, if you've ever been on these, these slides, like, man, you like hop at the top and, you know, you think, man, oh, like, man, this thing isn't gonna go down too far. And then, man, you hop on that thing and it goes down further than you ever thought it would. And then, uh, and then man, you can go on a slide and, like, man, you can try to stop yourself You know, so sometimes, like when I was a kid, I would like stick my foot out, you know, on the slide and like kind of try to like brace myself and like stop myself from sliding down. But the reality is, like once you're on the slide, you're gonna go to the bottom, right? The only way you're gonna get off the slide, the only way you're gonna get off the slide is by some miracle, okay? You need something outside of you to act on you to get you off the slide, right? And so, once you're on the slide, you're going down to the bottom. Y'all, in a similar way, I think, man, once, if we refuse to to follow Christ and to take to him our stress and anxiety, in a sense, we're on this slide, and we're going to go down, and we're going to be in these patterns of relapse and cycles of destructive behavior, man, that we really can't get out of outside of God's help. So that's why I really think we should take our stress and anxiety to him.
1: Another reason why we we should pursue peace in Christ is because stress and anxiety is robbing us of satisfaction in Christ. It's robbing us of what we are created to enjoy. And you guys, God has given us so much to enjoy. And I just just believe we aren't able to fully enjoy the things that God has given us because stress and anxiety are ruining our lives. We don't get to experience the fullness of Christ when we allow stress and anxiety to rule over us instead of giving it to God. The Bible calls us to not be anxious. I mean, the Bible gives us so much and we aren't able to enjoy it. When, asked, when Jesus asked what the great commandment was, this is what he said. Jesus said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. With, yeah, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We're unable to fully love God with our heart and our mind if it's constantly being consumed by something else. That means our love is it's going to something, but is it fully going to God when it's consumed by, what is my future? What am I going to do with this? How much? How much money do I have? Do I have enough money? Like all these things that stress and anxiety causes us. And, and I'm not saying that. I'm sitting here with you and saying these things are also stressful to me. And I really do believe it's driving me of great satisfaction in Christ. Years ago, church fathers, they got together and tried to nail down from scripture what the ultimate purpose of man was. They said the ultimate purpose was to glorify God and enjoy with them are we really enjoying God forever? Not just in this life, but in the next, we get to enjoy God. But not just in heaven, but we also get to enjoy God in this very life. And if stress and anxiety are the things that are consuming our minds, are we really getting to enjoy God? And you guys, if you are in Christ, and you sit here and you turn from your sins and you fully trust in Christ, then the same power that conquered death, that raised Jesus from the dead, is the same power that lives in you and it's the same power that you've been given to overcome stress and anxiety. And that doesn't mean it'll be easy, it doesn't mean you won't have trials, it doesn't mean that things won't weigh heavy on your heart, but it means there's a God who's with you and who's fighting for you, and he's giving you the peace to overcome it. But if you haven't placed your trust in Christ, and you guys truly do beg you to do put your trust in Christ, because until you do that, then you'll never experience the true peace that Christ offers you. You'll never get to experience what the Bible speaks of as peace. And it may be peaceful now, but it won't always be peaceful, especially when your eternity is spent away from the Father. So I, I beg you, don't worry about yeah, your finances, your success, because yeah, those things may be stressful, stressful to you, but your eternity is far more important. And don't spend it away from the Father, especially when there's things that are stressful that are holding you back from, from turning to Christ. So I plead for you to do turn to Christ.
0: Yes, that leads us to the last point, uh, the last section of our talk. We just want to unpack, in a sense, how you know, how do we do this? How do we pursue peace uh, in Christ? You know, I think for some of us in this room, in, our, in this room, you know, we we're like, hey, I, I want this. You know, I've I placed my trust in Christ. I'm following Him, and I really want to pursue uh, peace in Christ. Uh, and so, here's some steps, you know, just for us to consider, you know, on how to really pursue this peace uh, in Christ. And so, the first one is just this: is just turn to God. Turn to God. So when you are feeling stress and anxiety, turn to God. Now, we can't turn to other things. We can't turn to destructive behaviors. We have to, in a sense, take our lives uh, and turn it to God. And honestly, you know, if you're in this room, and again, like, hey, I I I would heavily encourage you to consider, you know, if you really have taken your life and your stress and anxiety to God. You know, because I think man, just like back in the day, we can deceive ourselves. Jeremiah unpacks it really well where he says this. He says, they dress the wound of my people as though we're not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. You know, for some of, some of us in this room, we may have just deceived ourselves into thinking we actually have a real relationship with Christ when we don't. You know, in a sense, we're addressing the wound. You know, there's a gaping gash and we're like saying, oh, it's okay. Like, it'll get better. I'll just kind of deal with the surface level stuff. Surface level symptoms, you know, and not get at the root issue, you know, addressing the wound and saying, oh yeah, peace, peace. Like, man, I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll, I'll deal with stress and anxiety on my own, in my own way. But Jeremiah says here, hey, there is no peace. You know, man, it, it, it might be a reality for you that, man, you need to find a deeper peace that really is rooted in having a real relationship with God and turn to God and repent and believe. Place your trust in him. But not only that, man, I think there's also a reality that, man, we could be dressing our wounds in other ways for those of us who are, who are in Christ. You know, we could be saying, hey, man, I'll find peace in, in, in music. Man, I'll find peace, man, in social media. Man, I'll find peace, man, in, in uh, friendships, man. It's like, man, those things might dress the wound in a sense, but they're not really getting to the core issue. Man, you really need to turn to God uh, and, and plead to him, man, to restore you and, and for him to give you peace man, in the midst of your stress and anxiety.
1: And as you turn to, to God, you also should learn and know that God wore. You should cling to his promises and his character. And we do that, you guys, by knowing God's word. And we know God's word by reading God's word. That That is what we do. That's how we wrestle with our stress and anxiety. We read God's word and say, what does God's word say about this? How should I handle this? How should I view my finances? How should I view, view success as I read God's word? Because if God is all changing, if he's powerful, if he's sovereign, if he's always present, if he's loyal, then, then we can trust in God. And if he's promised to not withhold from us, if he's promised to always be with us, if he's promised to, to finish the work that he began, then that's the God we put our trust in. It's just not this fake God who's here one moment the next, but he's always present. And we learn those things about God by reading God's word and we memorize scripture. And we, um, yeah, we, we get to know God as we spend time in his word. And, and we see in God's word, in on Psalm 139 and 23, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts." Yes, God wants us to come to us. He wants to know the things that weigh heavy on our heart. And we can, we can share those things. We and we can pray. And we can spend time. Pleading with this God to, to help us, to be with us. And even if the situation doesn't change, and God is still the same, even in that situation. And even the, the also to you guys, the next thing is the next slide because we see in Psalm 131 too, Sorry, it says, But I have calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a winged child with this mother. Like a winged child, I'm content. You guys, we can only be content with the God that we trust. That doesn't mean that the situation is over, but as I and quiet in my soul, I can submit it to God. Like a, a child doesn't have to, doesn't worry about, is my mom going to take care of me or not? But this child is calling to quiet his soul because he knows
0: what he's going to take take care of him. Yeah, one of the ways, even on this point, one of the ways that I like to try to cling to God's promises and his character when I'm feeling stress and anxiety is just claiming specific promises. You know, so it's like, hey, man, if finances is this something that's like stressing me out, you know, I like to go to verses that talk specifically about finances, you know, and claim that promise, you know, and say, hey, God, you said that you'll provide, you know, and I'm trusting you that you're going to do that in my life. Or, or, man, if you're like man, feeling stressed and anxious, man, about, uh, man, about um, man a test or something like that coming up, man, going to God and saying, hey, man, what, what did the scripture say, you know, about, man, tests and man anxieties and, man, the things that are going on in my life. And it's like, man, one of the verses that comes to mind is. Man, Isaiah 26.3, you know, where it says, hey, you'll keep in perfect peace, him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. So it's like, now I can walk into that test and man, the stress and anxiety is calm because I'm claim, claiming to the God, but he really does promise to be there, man, in those moments. so, uh, the third one is just organize your life. Yeah, organize your life, you
1: guys. Have a plan, get plan. No is a complete sentence. Some of us just need to learn to say, no, we overbooked ourselves. We have so much going on and we lo- being involved is great. But maybe it's also okay to say no to things. And I believe people will be okay if you tell them no. They might you might even do a better service if you tell them no. It also means you guys taking time to plan, getting sleep, eating healthy, working out. A workout goes a long way, even if you don't like to. But doing these things that we can be helpful to people and that the stress and anxiety aren't creeping in on us.
0: When we're doing a terrible job of organizing life when we can eliminate eliminate some of that stress and in, in anxiety. and the fourth one the fourth one is this we skip, skip some verses there you good is uh it's emotional awareness so emotional awareness is the fourth one and so uh and so this one is a little a little bit more in depth um and i want you all to to think about uh this verse it says keep watch over yourselves and over all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. And so right up there at the at the top of that, it says keep watch over yourselves. And so I do think there is a reality that, man, we as we go through life, we do just experience uh, things that are weighty, you know, and things that are heavy, you know, in our life. You know, it's like, man, sometimes, man, a family member is sick or, man, one of my friends, you know, isn't doing well or like, man, I'm sick or like, you know, it's like, man, there's things that just happen in life just... Again, the world is falling, you know, back to our first point. And it's like, man, I need to do a good job of, like, keeping watch over myself. And so one of the things that, that I like to do and that I have done in the past is just uh, it's a faster scale. And so if you, if you haven't heard of that, man, maybe there's probably somebody in the room who has. And, man, reach out to them and ask them about it. But it's just a great, great way to build emotional awareness. So that you're aware of, like, how you're feeling throughout the day so that things aren't, like, blindsiding you. Uh, And as you're going about your day to day life. So, uh, Dr. Ted Roberts has a a great book called Seven Pillars, uh, and it's called, uh, I mean, uh, what's it called? No, it's not called that. It's called Pure Desire. Uh, And then there's one for ladies as well. And I would encourage you to read those. And basically, they just teach you how to be emotionally aware uh, as you're going throughout your life so that you're keeping watch uh, over yourself. Uh, Another way to grow in emotional awareness is just this is just living in community.
1: Yeah, and you guys, as we live in community, we get to live around people that are asking us good questions, that desire to help us seek peace in Christ, that desire to help us to know and remember and clean to God's promises. We're not called to live this life alone. As as believers, we're called to live in community. We're called to have people that care about us, that want to know our lives. So on Proverbs 12, 25 says, An anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word choose up. Get around people who give you a kind word. Get around people who are not, Gonna be okay with just letting you stay the way you are. And also get around people that you can encourage. You gotta share your faith, become a disciple maker. But you can always take talk about that. It comes back to we just need to make disciples. Love Jesus and make disciples and honestly do whatever it takes to know God's word and cling to his promises and do it with other people, read God's word with other people and live with people who are gonna help you pursue.
0: Absolutely. So these are, these are some of the hows, you know, how we can uh, pursue peace. It's all confident. You know, these, are, these are not exhaustive by any means, but these are steps that we can take, you know, in order to learn how to deal with stress and anxiety, turn to God, understand his promises and character and cling to them, organize your life and learn some emotional awareness and live in community. At the bookstore, there's this book called Respectable Sins. I would encourage you to check it out. Uh, and then write down that name, Dr. Ted Roberts. Man, there's some books that he has, man, just on emotional awareness that I would recommend as well. Respectable Sins is a great book. It just talks about, man, this idea of of anxiety and how to deal with it. um, And also gets at some of the root issues of of anxiety as well. And so that's all we have. Uh, Thank you so much for coming and checking out Stressed Out. And hopefully y'all didn't get stressed out just listening to it. So we'll catch y'all later.